Welcome to Ministry Leaders Anonymous. My name is Chris Bartlett. And I'm Matt Rice, and we hope to provide a moment of sanity during a busy week of ministry. We've both worked in ministry for over 20 years and have seen just about everything. And as damaged as we are, we are ready to dive into and bring light to the hurts, hopes, and hungers that every ministry leader has. You know, like we say we've seen just about everything, and then we see something else. And then we see something else. And then that something else just keeps on going. And that's where we're at today. Yeah. And you know what, guys? COVID still sucks. (laughs) That is today's topic. COVID still sucks. So uh, recently, I went on a retreat with my wife. And it was a a unique retreat because, well, for me, I had been on retreat in like three years. I needed to go on retreat. And it was uh, something that my spiritual director was like, okay, you have to get this done. And so... I always, like as a father and as a husband, I always feel guilty leaving my family. Um, I leave my family often enough for work stuff that when I have to leave my family for personal stuff, like a, a personal retreat, I feel even worse, you know, and it's it's harder. It seems like it's harder for me to get away. Um, so I, 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 was, I thought I was doing something genius this time, and it actually turned out to be. Um, I was like, hey, honey, why don't you come and do a personal retreat at the same time that I'm doing a personal retreat? We'll just get a VRBO, like we'll do the, the other thing I learned is not everybody knows what VRBO is. Like Airbnb, VRBO, not everybody knows that. Anyway, whatever. So we found this place to rent in a town that we don't live in um, on a quiet, like kind of secluded river. And she had a director that was directing her retreat. And I had a director that was directing my retreat. And we were just sharing a space like together. It was kind of nice because we got to see what it would might feel like when we're retired. Like having a tiny little cabin, like a cooking quiet for house. two. <laughs> yeah, quiet house. That's like when people asked how that was the retreat. I was like, how many times I said quiet in the response? <laughs> it was just a lot. But no, while we were there, so I went and um, I always try to find a place to work out. Like even if it's on retreat, I always try to find a place to work out. For those who don't know, Matt's also a part of a cult. It's called CrossFit. <laughs> and I am not that guy who brought it up. You are the guy that brought it up. Um, but I always try to find a place to work out. Um and uh, and so I found a place to work out. And what 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 brought up this topic today is, you know, when I they always introduce you, you know, in a new class, yada yada yada. Hey, this is Matt. He's dropping in. Blah blah blah. And everybody says hi, Matt. Whatever. So then this guy next to me introduces me and says, Hey, hey, my name's Isaac. And I stepped towards him and I put my hand out and I said, I'm Matt. And he backed away from me like I had leprosy. And I was like, Oh, uh, yeah. So Corona is still a thing here. <laughs> But but what I'd gotten so used to was like my, my town. And and again, like listeners, I have no idea where you guys are at, like where like where you are personally, where your like parish is at, where your city is at, where your state is at. Um, but where we are in our city is a lot more, you know, I would say lax or open, you know, with regards to things we like our our churches are now, um, or at least the church I attend is now sitting every pew. The workout place I go to, like we're like we're shaking hands, like I'm shaking hands when I see people, even at our benefit at dinner, we we were shaking hands, and so I, that was my world that I was living in. That's what it was like where I was, and when I went somewhere else, it was like, oh, uh, wait a second, it COVID does still suck. Um, so that was one thing that highlighted. There was another thing that we saw recently, though, Chris, that uh, also highlighted that COVID still sucks. Uh, there's a parish that uh, recently their finance council said, hey. Because everything that's been going on, we're going to have to let the youth ministry team go or the youth minister go. And uh, 
Essentially, it was the nail in the coffin to an amazing youth program, and the parish was essentially, our finances, we've looked at it, and youth ministry is not something that we're going to continue having. And that breaks my heart, but it did, I mean, I also think it breaks the Father's heart in heaven because he desires every teen in that parish to have a dynamic encounter with him. And I think that there's resources that need to be invested in order to make that a reality. But the big thing is, there's also parishes that had a lot of people coming to the church at Easter. There's also parishes that are pouring deeply and investing greatly into different programs and different people. Um, but there's a ton of parishes that are tightening their belt. And uh, and to a degree, I think that people um, can be hurt by a parish and then all of a sudden say that's how the church as a whole exists. And so as ministry leaders, I think we need to take a step back and think about it. The youth minister at the other end of our diocese might be dealing with things completely different than you. And some of the things you're dealing with might be a blessing. And maybe, just maybe, that could be some light that you could shine into their darkness and vice versa. Maybe they have encountered something or an aspect that they could uh, they could bring some joy into your world as well. Yeah. But it's still a very hard time for those of you who maybe you're in Texas or other states who have opened up a little bit and things have started to feel like they're inching towards normal, that light at the end of the tunnel. Some people are still in the middle of the tunnel, and some of that's COVID, and some of that's the way that people are dealing or responding to COVID, but it doesn't change the fact that even in places that have opened up, like my parish and yours, Matt, um, even in those places, we still have a number of people that are very timid, right? Even if handshakes are welcome, um, they're not welcome for everybody, and uh, and we still are called to minister to those people, to reach to those people. And so I think that we're going to be dealing with this for a long time. But just because we see some light at the end of the tunnel doesn't mean we can start throwing a party just yet. And I think the gravity of it is hard as ministry leaders because, dag nabbit, we're exhausted. Yeah, We are so tired of having to stand on one foot to do what we used to be able to do with a team of people. And now it's just us and we're being um, smaller budgets or or more job titles or whatever it is. It's a challenging time. Yeah, one of the things that kind of stuck out to me was that I don't know very like, and this is kind of what brought up this topic today was we can look at what's happening around us and think that's the normal, like this is normal or this is the norm for good or bad. Like honestly, like this this is so when when I look at my parish right now, my the we got a new pastor and he's got a lot of energy and there's a lot of energy around him, and so he's looking to reorganize, add new positions, add this, add that, bring this back, different things like that. Um, and so I'm like, oh, great, we, we're coming out of this, you know, and, and that's my feeling, that's my thought. And then I look across the nation, and I see the exact opposite happening. And it's like, oh, crap, like, we're, we're not there yet. And so that's just something for, I guess, all of us, and probably across every different aspect of our life to think about um, as as things are going well for us, and this actually could probably like this is something that applies, you know, socioeconomically, racially, gender-based, you know, stuff. All this stuff, like we think about, like the world in our bubble or in our area, and, and things are going really well, or things are going this way. That must be how it is for everybody, and it's like that's not, you know, how it is for everybody. Um, just because things are going well for you in this particular scenario doesn't mean it's going well for everybody. And so as ministry leaders, that's good for us to know because we're ministering to people in every single one of those realms, like in, in different realms and different ways. That totally makes sense. And when I went, when I went to Franciscan University for my undergrad, 
I went up there and it really did feel like a bubble, right? Yeah. Like you go up in the bubble and everyone's going to daily mass every day. Everyone's praying the rosary nearly every day and, and pieces like that. And then everyone had, is. Hold on. Everyone is. No, but that that was that was the that overall kind of that was, that the, was the perception or the yep. culture. That's right. Yeah, yeah, That's yeah. right. Yeah. And then you come home. And and a lot of people, when they came home, they all of a sudden looked around and found that they were the outliers because they wanted to go to daily mass or or have a deeper prayer time with certain devotions that were popular in the bubble, right? Yep, yep. And so the tendency was judgment that came across oftentimes. They would have to tell students, like, when you go home, don't go around and judge people, wag your finger at people, love them. And I think that that's really good advice that if you are in a situation to where your circumstance has a lot of, like, good things going on right now, to share that joy, not to be like, well, we have this type of a budget or we have two full-time ministry leaders in this area or whatever, like just to share the joy of those gifts and those fruits in a way that it's like, you know, contagious, not to where other people are like, oh, I'm not praying a rosary every day, so I'm a bad Catholic, but in other people that are like, wow, you've encountered a beauty in the rosary. I want to learn more about it. Or you guys have done that for your teens. How did you make that a reality? Well, we don't have a budget. Well, we also have benefactors. How did you get benefactors? And then you can walk with people in regards to that. And so it's not to show off, but to share that joy and share that gift. And if you're in an area that's a different type of bubble, and I think like more like a crater, like a bubble goes on top, you know what I mean? Yeah. And a crater is the same shape, but just in the wrong direction. <laughs> To know that you can crawl to the edge of that crater and look out and see that there's certain things. Because I have seen ministry leaders leave the faith, not mm. just leave their position, but leave the faith because of the discouraging reality that exists in the creator. Cr not creator, but crater. <laughs> just like, wait a second. <laughs> Hold on. <laughs> Where did I go here? <laughs> Flag on the play. No, but and, and sometimes the crater is a toxic uh, leadership or toxic staff culture or something like that. Sometimes the crater is a number of different uh, limitations. And some of these things were amplified during the pandemic and are still being amplified in spite of the fact that we start to see light at the end of the tunnel. And I believe that we have to get out of the tunnel and go about 18 months before we really establish what a new normal will look like. I think there are going to be youth that are going to be uh, have parents that are timid about sending them on overnight events. For the next two years, you know, oh, it's yeah. going it, it, to take longer. a while. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and, 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 I, I'm, and I'm going to bump into people who don't want to shake my hand for a decade, you know, um, or, or that may be the new norm is just the, like extending your hand and not being insulted when someone doesn't reach it back out to, to shake your hand. So and I'm not saying that shaking your hand is the right thing, but extension, I think, in, in the number of gifts that we've been giving given is the right thing. So I don't know exactly what that looks like because there is going to be almost like a mini martyrdom because when you extended your hand and the guy was allergic to you, you died a little bit inside, yeah. not, not significantly, but just a little piece. There was a little bit of a martyrdom from the love that you extended being rejected. Well, it wasn't just that, but then I was like, oh crap, did I offend him? Like, was like, that, that was the other thing, you know, is like, was I being, because I don't want to like give off the perception, like I'm careless, like I don't care about what's going on in the world, you know? And that's the other thing is around all this is, is extension, is the extension going to become an, an insult or is it going to be politicized and turned into some, you know, um, I don't believe in coronavirus, shake my hand, you know, <laughs> like I, I don't want to, you know, you know what I'm saying? Right. And that, that actually, um. That's a really good point, because if we offer an overnight event, we're actually saying we care about these teens so much that we want to take them on a retreat or do an overnight event so that they could grow deeper in their relationship with God. But some parents might receive that as 
you are not being careful with our youth, so you should not be in charge of our youth. Yeah. We actually experienced that at the parish that I was at before I went full time with Ablaze is we had our confirmation take place right at the beginning. It was like in April, right at the beginning of all of the uh, the shutdowns. And maybe it was a little bit earlier than that, but it was right at the beginning of all of it. And uh, one of the parents emailed me and said, we will not be participating, which was an option we gave them. And we said, we'd find you another place or another time to be able to uh, participate in the sacrament of confirmation. Some honestly are still waiting. She was like, you cannot do this if you care about our people in the parish whatsoever. Because, it, you know, we're seeing on the new super spreader events and spring break type of situations and all these young adult gatherings. And then all of a sudden we're going to gather, you know, 600 people into a uh, a building that's built for 1,800 people. But nevertheless, um, it was a concern. And so it wasn't just about her stepping back or her and her family stepping back. It was about us hosting the event whatsoever was seen as something. And so I think we need to be ready to have a boldness that might even... Um, unintentionally offend people if we've discerned and i think discernment with group is so important so maybe look at what other people are doing in your diocese talk to your pastor and the pastoral team to talk about what it looks like but eventually you're going to have to take a step forward that someone's like no we should have taken a step back there and you have to be ready for that reality so the important thing is to be able to say i am certain that god has called us to this next step to know that that discernment's done one of the things you can't do is look at what someone is doing in another area of the country or whatever and say, oh, we should be doing that, you know, because if because uh, we we held our benefit dinner in person um, in here in Bryan, Texas, we held it in person. If we were doing that in in another city, it would be very offensive. Like it, like if we were doing it in, a, in like a different state or whatever. In certain cities. It, right. In other cities, it would have been welcome. Like sure. it, it really is a split in our nation, which is odd. Yeah. And so it's interesting to see, you know, what that means. And so like COVID still sucks and it's going to suck for a little bit longer, you know, um, and it's going to affect like the way we do everything. And we're going to be second guessing stuff for, for some time. But what we, what we, we we've got to take this to prayer. We've got to ask God, like, what does he want us to do in this moment? Am I supposed to be bold, you know, and step out? Am I supposed to be prudent and, and stay, you know, I, that, that those are, you know, it's going to be tough, but you're going to have to do something that, that fits with your area. Like in, in our area, like people were ready to get out and the people that weren't ready, they stayed home and that was okay. And that was fine. There's no judgment there at all, either way. Um, but I could just tell, like, I mean, everybody's ready to be together again, to be in person again. Everybody in our area is ready. <laughs> right, right. Specific to your area. Right. But I think there's something about being cautious. That's a good thing something that's about being overly cautious that actually is not a good thing. <laughs> and yet in one area, one action could seem very prudent or even cautious. In another area that could seem um, reckless or overly cautious. And so it really does take some discernment. But, but Matt, for me as a ministry leader, man, I've been doing this now for 18 months. Like, and you're telling me that this is going to continue after things get whatever, herd immunity, vaccinations, whatever it is, after we get back to whatever the new normal is, I'm still going to have to be dealing with it. Like, <laughs> that's the most discouraging thing that you've said to me, you know, and I'm exhausted. So what would you yep. say to a ministry leader that's like, no, I've been muscling through this Zoom ministry for so long. Like, what 
what are you telling me? I might have to do this for another 18 months. Like we sent out a couple of emails um, a couple of weeks ago, just introducing myself and my story and asking people their holy discontent and talking about where they are in ministry. And, and I got a lot of responses, you know, and many of the responses were just that, like, I'm losing my kids. Like they don't want to do virtual anymore. And that's our only choice. All we can do is virtual, you know? Um, and so I don't, I don't have an answer for, for that despair for that feeling. I mean, other than Jesus Christ, I don't, I don't have an answer for that. Like we are going to have a smaller church coming out of this. Like that's something that, like I said, when this all began, um, and, and I fully expect that your youth group, um, if you're at half of where you were last year, you're doing a great job. Like that is huge. Don't be discouraged by that. You know, we're, we're in a way we're starting over a, a lot of those who like, and I don't know, the tough thing is, is you're, you're going to miss the the outstanding all-star kids um because of the way the parents want to protect and care for their kids um, but you're also going to miss the the kids on the other end of the spectrum that were only there to check the box and since they didn't have to check the box for a year the parents are done and they don't care about checking the box anymore um and so like i think we need to be we need to get to the point where we're okay not just okay but we're honored by those youth that God still has in front of us in whatever way it is, um, whether it's in person or virtual, but we, I, we've got to find a way to get closer to get back in person when we can, because relationships are done in person for a season. Or you mean altogether? What do you mean? When you say relationships are done in person, I mean, we have to figure out a way to, in a lot of ways, restart that for those who are in a place where that can start happening at a social distance level, where that can start happening at a once a month in person level. You know, I, I think about the different places that have said, okay, how do we dip our toe back in the water of in-person ministry? And how do we do that in ways that make people feel safe where we don't have the big facilities. So now one ministry can use it this week. Another ministry can use it the next week. And they're rotating in with in-person things. And I think that that's great, except normally with my friendships, if I only touch base with them once a month, that those friendships don't flourish like they used to, you know? Mm -hmm. And so we've got to figure out how we're going to do that and be intentional about the in-between times. And yes, with using technology, and maybe it's not using technology in the way that we've been using technology. Like, I don't think big group works over Zoom. I don't think big group works over Zoom. No. Um, but I do think that uh, when I when my parents lived out of state and I contacted them on the weekly and we had a 40-minute conversation about my life and the kids, like, we kept in touch that way and our relationship continued that way. But I wasn't talking to my, my parents and my uncles and my cousins all in one call. I was having a, a more personal, intimate relationship. And again, with the um, shrinking of uh, the, the size of our communities, I think that that makes it more possible. But the other thing that shrunk is our volunteers. So our yeah. reach is a little bit shrunk as well. And in a lot of areas, our volunteers shrunk. So there's just there's just a tension. And I think even just acknowledging that it's exhausting and maybe just contacting another ministry leader in your area and saying, man, I've I've almost had enough. How are you doing? And can we just pray? Can we just pray for these things that, Lord, that yeah. you would shine light on the next step forward that we need to take? Because staying where we're at in the midst of the pandemic or staying where we're at in whatever phase of the pandemic we're in isn't going to be our forever place to live. We should no. not put up tents. Yeah. So as you say that, I'm reminded of uh, something that's been like, it struck me for some time now. Like I've been listening to the uh, Bible in a Year with Father Mike Schmitz. 
Um, and one of the things that is a recurring theme, you know, like every time they, they travel, every time they strike camp and move forward, every time they um, go into battle, Judah goes first. Um, and that's praise. Like the praise of God goes first. That's the way that Israel is instructed to move forward um, throughout everything. And I think we should take note of that. Um, we are like even like whatever way we are in a battle, whatever way we're being called to move forward, praise should go first. You know, and so that like whatever, like whatever God is calling us to do, whatever we are being called to do in our ministry, um, whatever ministry you're in, that 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 praise of God should go first. Um, and have we been doing that? Like, have we been putting praise first or have we been putting practicals first? You know, I don't know. Yeah, I, I think uh, so. I went to Damascus, which is a, a ministry out based out of Ohio. Um, and it was fun entering into that world and that kind of economy of grace that they have up there. So I got to pray with their missionaries on their Monday day, which is their big formation day. And the way that they were open to the Holy Spirit <laughs> wasn't just attractive. It was contagious mm. like that. And that's the beauty of some of the giftings that each of us have been given. They spoke with kind of this prophetic reality that they knew God was showing up. They didn't ask God to show up. They thanked him in advance for the work he was going to do in their prayer time. They knew that he was going to show up and they moved forward with that. And that reminds me what you're saying. And so we know that God is going to work. In fact, we know that God desires to work in the life of those that we serve. Now, right now, God might have to have to be working in spite of us or in our absence because of some of the different uh, restrictions or limitations that we're experiencing. But we need to thank him in advance that he has not forgotten his people, even if our in-person reality is no longer a possibility. And so we we had a friend of ours over who's uh, who's been given a terminal diagnosis. And we started the night with some praise and worship, and then we entered into a prayer, first acknowledging that we know that God is capable of healing at this level, like acknowledging that reality, like God is capable of ending the pandemic tomorrow, right? In fact, Pope Francis is asking all of us in May to pray the rosary for the end of the pandemic, but it's absolutely unbelievable to be able to say, like, we know that you are capable of this. And yet we are here somewhere else at the bottom of the mountain, not at the top. And so we ask for your guidance right now on how to na navigate this reality while there's golden calves being melted down, you know, all over the place. And so how do we navigate this reality? Um, take a step forward, guys, in what it looks like uh, and acknowledge. <laughs> Don't just acknowledge like I'm discouraged, but also acknowledge that and you, God, are the king of, the, of everything. So you can take this discouragement away. You can use this discouragement for your edification and your glorification. Lord, I'm here for you. Yeah. Um, as you were talking at the very beginning, I started to smile because God has been doing something like just some funny things with me, you know, with regards to um, I always dismiss the simple um, as trite, you know, or cliche or whatever. Um, but he's bringing that stuff back up to me, um, which is just funny. Like we started this whole podcast with COVID still sucks. Yes, that is true. But Jesus is still Lord. And as cheesy as that is, that is true. So maybe we should change the title to God is still bigger than COVID. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. But I'm, I like I don't mind like having the, the title be COVID still sucks. But we end like we end with Jesus is still Lord. Like like stuff sucks and, and like bad stuff happens in our life and we go through crap. But like Jesus is still Lord in, in the midst of all that. 
So I was asked to uh, substitute coach, right? And when I, when I say that, I mean substitute. Like, So my wife played volleyball for Texas A&M. She can coach volleyball in her sleep. She doesn't need a lesson plan, whereas I'm coaching a couple of my kids' soccer teams, and I'm like looking online for this, this next new drill or whatever it is. She just does it naturally. It's part of who she is. So um, she had her great uncle pass away, and she had already volunteered to sub for my oldest daughter's team, who she's not the coach for, and then she's also the head coach of my um, second daughter's team. And so the games are back-to-back, like one after the other on a Saturday. And she basically was like, Chris, you're doing it. And I said, what am I doing? And she's like, I'll hand you a piece of paper, and that'll explain everything. I didn't know what any of it meant. Like, I had to go ask the referee. I'm like, which when I'm supposed to line up the girls by their numbers, which where's the net? Like, which way should I be orientated to? And all this ridiculous stuff. But I knew that, like, I was going to do the best job I could as a coach. So I got uh, the shortest shorts that I own. Oh I got my gosh. A, uh, a nice collared shirt and I tucked it in. I got a whistle. I got a whistle. I got socks that went almost up to my knees and I got a headband. Oh and my gosh. The best that I could offer them was to, to be in super dad mode. Like that is how I was going to be the best because super dad mode, I'm a great cheerleader. I'm a great encourager and I'm great at helping people have fun, you know? And so my daughters, I come downstairs dressed like that and they look at me and they go, oh, dad, no. And I said, oh, I'm doing this. And then they literally, they literally both took a breath and they were like, okay, because they know me. When yeah. I say I'm doing it, I'm doing it. Um, and I get there and one of the parents are like, you're crazy. And I said, if we don't go all in for these children, no, no one will. Who will? Yeah, yeah. And so the the reason why I say that is it, a it was a blast. B it felt radical, right? Like there was no one else dressed almost in a costume, you <laughs> yeah. know, being as ridiculous as possible. <laughs> the girls. It took them about half a game for each team to respond to it, but we won all of our games, and they were all like, it, there was unity and in, in a lot of it. They they had fun, a great time. But in the ministry position that we're in right now, it almost feels like we're substitute ministry leaders. Because we're not used to doing the Zoom. We're not used to kind of this reality. We weren't built for this. I was built more for to be a soccer coach, and I can prepare to be a soccer coach. I handed a piece of paper that looks like Japanese, and that's what it feels like ministering in this context so often. But I want you to go all in. Like ministry leaders, go all in so when people look at you, they can say, I don't know why he's doing that. I don't know what he hopes to accomplish, but I can tell that there is love and joy in that ministry leader right there. He's got a headband on and socks up to his knees. Like clearly he has bought in to the mission he has been called to. And so should I inspire people with your radical embrace of the situation that you're in, but also the role that you're in, because as they charged into battle, they did so with joyful hearts. Judah went with joyful hearts, knowing that some of them might not come back, but they gave it all be all in for ministry. Awesome. That was fun. I, I really want to know what your wife thought. <laughs> she, some, someone took a picture and I haven't seen it yet, but my wife was like, of course you did. Like just <laughs> of, of course, course you did. You did. <laughs> so, and it didn't matter because scoreboard for the record, when she coached the week before her team only won four of the five games that they played. Oh, I went, I went eight and O. Oh, so <laughs> nice. the, if the socks are high, the team will fly. And that was our theme <laughs> that we chanted throughout it. So anyways, pull up your socks guys and dive all in knowing that the Lord is Lord, even if COVID still sucks. And you guys, thank you so much for joining us here at ministry leaders on anonymous. Blah. Let's continue the conversation online. We've got a Facebook group. We'd love for you to join. Yep. Please send any feedback you guys have to MLA at ablaze.us and share this podcast with everybody. Everybody. And here at Ministry Leaders Anonymous, we believe that if you want to go quickly, go alone.
And if you want to go far, we go together. So take some time this week to pray for other ministry leaders. In fact, I want to ask you to reach out to another ministry leader, maybe someone outside your diocese or outside your town, just to ask them how they're doing in their different context, how they're struggling or the joys that they're experiencing, just so you can journey a little bit more at a different bubble. We will see you guys next week on Ministry Leaders Anonymous. God bless you.